This is Consumer Friend. Hello everyone and welcome back to another Consumer Friend podcast. At Consumer Friend, we are very passionate about writing in plain English. We also think all businesses and organisations should do the same when communicating with consumers, from websites to standard communications to complaint responses. In this podcast, you'll find out why. Or I could have said, today we'll explore the virtues of using common language and communication through captivating dialogues our guests shed light on the techniques for implementing plain English. After this auditory journey, you'll have a refined understanding of how it fosters a more efficient exchange of ideas while avoiding needless complications. What do you think of that, Louise? I have no idea what you just said, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So with me, as always, is Louise Baxter. Hi, Lou. How are you? Well, I'm all right. It's Easter holidays, which is always a bit stressful. I think I like it better when the kids are at school. Yeah, Easter holidays is a bit painful. I've got my boy downstairs in front of a screen, which is always quite upsetting for me, but it's always quite peaceful when that happens. But for hours. <laughs> Other than that, you're all good? I planted some stuff. Well done. You planted some stuff in the garden? Courgettes, some courgettes and some tomato plants, which is very exciting. You're I mean, not as I'm... excited about it as I am, but I'm excited about it. I don't care. Oh, Adam, <laughs> so mean. I don't, I don't. I'm not mean about your hobbies. I don't have any. <laughs> Moaning and ruining our Microsoft life, which is what you've done this morning. Yeah, I've had a bit of a Microsoft nightmare this morning, but hey-ho, we'll get over it. After a phone call with someone to make it all go away, that's going to be good. Right, okay, Louise, we're here today to talk about plain English and the use of clear and concise language in our communications. So what do we mean by plain English? All right, so the definition of plain English is not decorated or elaborate, simple or basic in character. And this is where we introduce our first guest of the season, which is Gary, our not-so-average consumer. I think that definition summarises Gary quite well. I think, it's a bit, I think it's a bit unfair, but... <laughs> I came up with it, so we'll stick with it. Hello, Gary. How are you? Hi, guys. Yeah, very well. Thanks for that great intro. Um, appreciate it. <laughs> Gary, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I can do, Adam. Yes. Obviously, I've known uh, Louise quite a bit longer than Adam through through school. Adam made out. He went to our school, but didn't really. And Adam through college. Uh, so, yeah, that was good. What, 20 years ago? Yeah. Dad? Yeah. 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 Time flies, doesn't it? So, yeah. Too long. Too long. Too um, long. So yeah, and we've stuck stuck close together, I guess, through those years, and yeah, become good friends. So you've uh, invited me on, I think, because I'm probably unemployed at the moment. So <laughs> we wanted to give Gary something I've got, to I've do. Got, I've got time. <laughs> Gary, I think we kind of thought about you as a typical consumer. I don't want to say an average consumer because that's a horrible phrase, but I think a typical consumer. So you generally go day to day, you buy stuff off the internet, you buy stuff in shops. Is that fair to say? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you, you're, you're probably spot on actually with your, you know, less than average consumer because <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not obviously into shop shops a lot and buying loads of stuff online. So yeah, I don't have great experience through, you know, the sort of bits you're talking about. So so when it comes to things like your rights when you're buying products and services, do you give that any thought when you're out there in the marketplace? 
Absolute zero. Yeah. So as well, like terms and conditions, Gary, if you were to buy something on the internet, would you look at the terms and conditions? No. Would you understand the terms and conditions? Probably if I had the time to read it, I'd maybe. I don't know. I've never read them. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. This is easy with most consumers, I think. They don't read terms and conditions. I agree. We're here today to talk about plain English. Why are we so passionate about plain English, Adam? Plain English is about including everyone, making sure that no one is left out, making sure that no one feels like they're being made to look and feel stupid. Why would we want to do that to anyone? If we were a business, why would we want to communicate in a way that doesn't include a lot of consumers in the UK? Obvs, I've got some stats. Obviously, you've got some stats. The National Literacy Trust estimates that 5.1 million adults in England are functionally illiterate, meaning that they have a reading age of 11 or below. What does, like, again, that wasn't plain English. This is the problem that we've got. In May 2018, there were 32.3 million people working in the UK. That means nearly 16% of the workforce are functionally illiterate. Again, they have that reading age of below 11 years old. Applying this to your organisation, what would 16% of your workforce look like? Statistically, these employees could be functionally illiterate. So it could... Not only are we not communicating well with the general public, we could have employees, volunteers, staff that are unable to understand what's being put in front of them our website all of our trained into information about what your consumer rights are i've written those for my it was nine at the time for my 10 year old Mm -hmm. who is slightly neurodiverse and for my 12 year old well she's 13 now who has some audio dyslexia so they understand if i can get them to sit down for two minutes and actually concentrate on what i'm asking them to read they understand the information that's on our website because it's written for them. So hopefully on our information is written in plain English. Yes, and um, we, we go through a, a, quite a rigorous vetting process when we're putting content onto our website. You write it, I read it. Is that vigorous? Is that vigorous? <laughs> <laughs> I write it, you read it? I'm not sure that's vigorous. <laughs> uh, but then it goes back to you, then it comes back to me as well. So it goes through four rounds before we put it on the onto our site. We make sure we can understand it and we make sure... Make sure your children certainly can understand it as well. We, we, I think I would say we are champions of plain English. Well, we try to like be. To it's because as yeah. well, we have such a, a huge amount of assumed knowledge in your professions, don't you? So before yes. Gary was unemployed, you have probably had loads of technical jargon and language that you used in your previous job. Oh yeah, there was yeah there was stuff I still don't understand now. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, your previous job was what? Uh, Sky. That's, okay, that's very, yeah. you are. Yeah, it's not the BBC it's not, here. It's fine. It's not Adam on the, uh, radio, Radio One. No. Okay. <laughs> so you were Sky. You were a. Uh, I was an internet the, technician. Uh, yeah, broadband, Wi-Fi, tech, tech engineer, um, engineer. Engineer. He's made up a new word. <laughs> it's a new engineer. An engineer. Yeah, bejazzled, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't understand what I got wrong there with that word. It's bedazzled now, apparently, but I don't think I'm ever going to say bedazzled again. I guess, Gary, in that field, there was so much jargon, so many acronyms, so many things that that you potentially understood, but when you were talking to your clients, they didn't necessarily understand it. So, did you try and break that down into plain English for them? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. So we. We'd turn up a lot of the times, and customers would be. I wouldn't, I didn't have a clue what the, the person on the phone was talking about. And then, obviously, you break it down into 
as you say, play in English and show them, mm-hmm. and uh, they would just click and they would understand what that person on the phone was talking about. So, yeah, yeah there's lot, lot, plenty of examples. Almost every customer you went to, if they had no technical background, then, yeah, they, they wouldn't understand what the people on the phone were trying to get them to do when they were talking mm-hmm. about certain, uh, you know, equipment to try and change or, 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 you know, remove something, put it back on. Like, yeah, they, they, they didn't have a clue. They didn't know the technical language that, that they were using. And did you, when you went around to visit, did you ever get annoyed by people not knowing what they were doing or did you understand that they don't have not, their, not, not that customers. I'd, I'd be more annoyed by our, our, our own staff, really, that, yeah. that, the, that the customers have been speaking to. It's just frustrating that they're not using language and, you know, the right terms for, for them to be able yeah. to understand what they were trying to get them to do. I think that's, but I think that's the, the problem with everything. I mean, you love an acronym, Adam. So we, I play a game with Adam where we, we, we list off organisations and Adam instantly acronyms them in his head all the time. We use a lot of acronyms. We use technical language. We assume that people have knowledge that they haven't got. We sometimes use big words, which then we think makes us sound more intelligent when actually it doesn't because it just excludes people from the conversation. And if people have to read things more than once, they're not going to do that. Why would you need to read something yeah. more than once? You're just going to be yeah. completely turned off. And you don't want to be made to feel stupid. Absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, we have something, we do some consumer vulnerability training for businesses. We have our, our final slide on our training is a really good kind of summary of why we should be looking at how we communicate with people. And I'm going to read it to you now. I think it's 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 really good. Uh, Louise, I think you wrote it. I'm not too sure if it was you that wrote it or if you stole it from somewhere, but it's very, very good. So what if we start to think not about the perceived failings of a person, not what is wrong with a particular person, but we should be asking, what can we do differently? What is wrong with the language and words I am using if a person can't access it? We've also got, so if you think about um, the training we provide as well, one of the stats, and I'm going to use, I'm going to use a stat now, Ads, is that uh, one of the latest stats is that 7% of every classroom has children with additional educational needs. Now, that could be a whole range of things. Only 1% of those classrooms get diagnosed. So you've got 7% of the adult population, and I include myself, you and him, in this, have got some sort of neurodiversity, which might mean we can't interpret the words that are being used. Or we need to be communicated with in a different way. Can you define neurodiverse, please? Because that's already confused me, and we're supposed to be speaking in plain English. So your brain works in a different way. You might not always speak in straight lines. Like... A slight, I have slight ADHD, as most people know who hang around with me. It's not a problem for me because it's a superpower. It just irritates everybody else. <laughs> it's a problem, yeah. No, you're right. It's not a problem for everyone else. They've just got to understand the fact that you might talk about something and then instantly swerve to a completely different topic. And be touching things and mopping the floor at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> With my feet, <laughs> with my mop socks. <laughs> Gary, would you say that you're neurodiverse or your brain thinks differently? Oh, 100%. I, I was always a struggle at school. A struggle college. to who? For yourself or yeah. just for the rest of us? Well, <laughs> I'd back that. Yeah. It was a struggle for all of us at school. Yeah, but I, yeah, I would struggle. Unless I was interested, I, I would have yeah. no. I'll just switch off. I mean, like most of your podcasts, to be honest, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can edit. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 if I don't 
have no interest in it, then yeah, I'd, I'd t- likelihood I'd, I'd switch off. And yeah. obviously, you guys doing the podcast, I, I have an interest in it, so I, I, I do listen, try and take it in. But obviously, plain English will help. It's it's also it's it's just making sure that in, not everybody's able to go with. I don't understand that word. What do you mean? Because people don't want to be made no. to feel that they're not intelligent enough. I do. If I have to synonym a word in a meeting or in a conversation, like on my phone, desperately trying to understand what people are saying, I will go, I don't know what that word means. We live in a world where it's so complicated to access information. We talk about marketplace vulnerability, and we've talked about it before in our in our podcast around how are people supposed to buy safely and get the best deal for them when the information they're trying to access is imperfect or really overcomplicated? Yeah, I completely agree. I was in a meeting this week uh, hosted by law enforcement and the amount of acronyms. And, I, and I'm and i in kind of that world and I didn't have a clue. For an hour and a half, I, I didn't have a clue what most of them were saying. It was really, really frustrating. I ended up just answering my emails whilst listening to the, to the team's talk it was it was painful so then you switch off so then you're not accessing any information yeah. you're not learning and yeah. you're, not, you're not actively involved i'm just kind of hoping that by through the power of osmosis i will understand what they're saying osmosis in about two years time osmosis don't know I, I don't know it's my mum's my a biology teacher and that's like when things equal themselves out isn't that right i don't in, know that's what in, i'm asking i in, don't know in photosynthesis i don't know i'm <laughs> editing this bit out i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> My face, my face is actually hurting. <laughs> Talk about plain English. Here. It's just I know. Like, yeah. Come on, I said to you, like, bring, bring it. <laughs> but, surely, but surely, like everyone learns photosynthesis, osmosis, oxbow lakes, and that's pretty much it out of uh, <laughs> secondary school. What are you talking about, Adam? <laughs> and Pythagoras. Oh, who, everybody uses that every day, don't they? It's like the recorder. <laughs> like the recorder i'm so glad i learned how to play the recorder because i use that skill every single day i can do three blind mice which you're not allowed to play anymore i don't think <laughs> three, three partially impaired mice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm not sure this is the road that we need to go down <laughs> Right. This is going to be a five-minute podcast. We're just having a little chat. That's all this <laughs> is. <laughs> right. So if we're talking about plain English. Part of our support to businesses and to organisations is by sort of pushing for more plain English, which means communicating in, clear, in a clear and straightforward way. So short sentences. Why people put 45 words in a sentence with no punctuation, I do not know. And punctuation is something I had to learn as a grown-up because I, I wasn't very good at it at school. had to read a lot of books around it but should be short sentences again because people can't take in that sort of information when it's really complex a whole paragraph with no punctuation and they need to understand it the first time it's written the first time they read it or hear it so we shouldn't have to be asking several questions around a sentence that's been said if businesses are doing this then that can improve customer satisfaction loyalty you get repeat custom you get a good bit of pr good bit of kudos is that right Oh, it's better for the business. I don't even know if it's cute. I think it's just that you're you're engaging with your customer base. You're you're and you're having a conversation, which means you can potentially formulate a better relationship with that person to ensure that they get actually what they need. Because people, that if you think about, say for example, you are suffering with anxiety, you're you're not going to ask. You're not going to go. What do you mean by that? Because that would be too much for people to do. Therefore, people might not get what they need from that particular contract, from that particular organisation, because they won't feel able to ask questions because they're just completely excluded by the words that are being used. Jog. So simple, 
So simple language means the customers are less likely to feel confused, frustrated. It builds trust and confidence in the company, which leads to long-term loyalty. Um, uh, maybe. maybe. I've basically just said... I basically just said what you've said in the last five minutes in one sentence. Right. So I've right. been using plain English, concise, yeah? Uh, I'm not sure when you just said osmosis that you can actually comment on this right now. Okay, we're going to move on to examples of using plain English. Okay. So you've got a few things here, Louise, about this. Right, okay, so Gary needs to look. I can't show Gary my screen in this. Right, so, uh, Gary, what does the word homophone mean? Uh. <laughs> Right. So we, we looked at this around. So there's a homophone is a word that is pronounced the same as another word, but differs in meaning and is spelled differently. Because there are some pitfalls with using plain English. We can't just say that it's all positive because actually sometimes if we if we plain it up too much, it's plain it up, even a sentence. But if we make it too plain, no. it can be confusing for people as well, because we can some of the words can be misconstrued. Right. So you've got homophones and homographs. Homographs are words with the same spelling but have more than one meaning. Okay, just to say that the English language is quite a painful language to learn. My, I've got a seven-year-old at the moment, and we're getting there now. But some of the word, like if when you when you look at cough and bow, they're spelt the same, but there's it's not cough and boff. It's not cow and <laughs> bow. It's really, it's it's. But there are so many words like that in the English language. And that's because it's taken its influence from lots of different cultures. We've got lots of different uh, cultures that have come into the country and kind of changed the way English is spoken, which is great, but it makes it quite frustrating to learn Adam, and understand. I'm just going to stop you because I'm just going to highlight you have real difficulty pronouncing people's surnames, don't you? I do. <laughs> Right. So I if do. you had, Gary, let me ask you a question. If a surname was spelt B-A-R-B-O-U-R, how would you say it? Barber. Right. Exactly. Adam, on a meeting, Barber. <laughs> Barbauer. Barber. And then Barber. Because it's Barb, our, Barbauer. Like Harbauer. It's, it's not, not Har, it's Harbour. You park your boat in a harbour. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me give you another one because this this one made, makes me laugh. Like this one. Bloody stupid this English one, language. Right, so this one is spelled B O E double S. I'll go with Boff. Right, you'll go with Boff. Add a word with. Beer. 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 I thought it needed, I thought it was like almost French. I think it needed a le beurf. Le beurf. But do you know what you should have done is asked, how do I pronounce your surname? I can't do that. Why can't you do I can't, that? I can't. I can't. Wait, I, you should ask the question. How do I pronounce your surname? How do I pronounce your name? Yeah. Okay. I once I got called Lousy okay. Baxter because it got spelt the wrong way. <laughs> Okay, Louise, thank you very much. So to summarise the main points here, we are encouraging businesses and organisations to use clear, concise, plain English language when they're communicating with their staff and their customers. The goal of plain English is to eliminate confusion and promote understanding. So this is where we come in in, in relation to consumer friends, trying to take the jargon and the complexity out of legal regulation 
God, I'm so fun at parties. I'm really fun at parties. Uh, right, and make it make it simple for people to understand. And Gary is going to feature on additional podcasts where we talk about some technical legal stuff and actually check his understanding of it. Because Gary, as our not-so-average consumer, is going to have some consumer issues going forward, and actually he might need to explain to him in a clear, concise way, and he's going to be like our test person to ensure that we're communicating in the right way. There are some dangers to oversimplifying the language used, to making it too simple. The, the cosmetics podcast that we did around buying safely online, when you look at the compl- pl- complexity of the regulations around that, businesses do need to understand the, the detailed regulations to ensure that they comply. But as like legal experts, it's our job to try and explain those in the most simple way we possibly can to ensure that businesses can comply to different laws but there's some technical language that does need to be used but we need to provide explanations of what that means so there are pitfalls of it you can oversimplify things which means that the understanding is simple but actually some of it is quite complicated does that does that even make sense nope well for, right so for example if you're if you're having a will written or you've got a tenancy agreement there are some things that have to be included in that that might have technical language in it. But there's no reason why, as a business or an organisation, you can't then explain that in plain English as well. So if certain words have to be used, like I don't know if, like, if you've ever, re- when you renew your mortgage, you get 50 pages of information. Yeah. Some of that has to be technical, but there's no reason why a front sheet can't be provided, which explains what certain words mean or a plain an easier read version of that same documentation i know that's resource for people or like we say a verbal communication of what the documents mean this is it people might not want stuff written down they might want to have a phone call or a auditory version (laughs) (laughs) face meeting maybe where you explain things but it's also changing the way that we so sometimes our sentence formation is difficult for people to understand so I can, um, and we get used to working, we get used to speaking to people that are in our professions. So we speak at a certain level and actually sometimes our sentence structure, we just flip the words around. It's easier for people to understand. So when you're, when you're a business and you're talking to one of your customers about what they, the decision they've made about, for, like, let's talk about my solars again. Like, so you have your solar panels. Oh, Don't tart at my solars. Thank you very much. I'm saving the planet. I've saved 42 trees now, Adam, 42 trees getting a t-shirt <laughs> right but in relation to that i could you can phone up and get those that information explained to you clearly because i didn't understand the information in it but some of it has to be technical around kilowatts and all of those things just one final thought from you louise around plain english please always check people's understanding of information that you give them that's one of your biggest things around whether you're speaking in plain english or whether somebody understands what you're saying if you ask them to repeat back in their own words that why they've made the decision they have or what their understanding of that information is. That's a clear way to understand whether or not you're speaking in plain English. Short sentences, punctuated sentences, and uh, try to write all of your communications for a reading age of nine. That is what the government advice is. Uh, Use words, so the common words that most nine-year-olds will understand. If you do that, you will provide inclusive services and actually capture Every, hopefully most people within whatever you're trying to communicate great thank you very much thank you everyone for listening uh, again consumer friend is available online at www.consumerfriend.org.uk we are on socials 
And we've obviously got these podcasts. If you could like, subscribe, share, review, do everything that you can possibly do on the platform that you use, that would be very, very appreciated. Helps to get our message out there. Gary, it was lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for coming along. Thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. And Louise, thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. I think. Uh, and good. <laughs> and goodbye.